Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Husky Fan Podcast. Jimmy, you know, I've had the crud. It got a lot worse after the last pod we did. That's not, uh, I'm not saying that's, I mean, it is a coincidence. It's nothing, uh, nothing because of the pod. So I'll try and fight through this. I apologize if I'm sneezing or coughing in the background. Just a forewarning to everybody. The crud has been going around, and uh, I did hear a little rumor that, uh, some of the guys on the Huskies have the crud, so let's hope that they get better in time for the Apple Cup. Well, Jen Cohen better be spending some money to get those kids healthy quick. Fluids, good quality food, supplements, get into the steam room, get the crud out of the system if that's the case, because they got to be ready to go for the uh, good old 7.30 kickoff Apple Cup. Yeah, get those on the East Coast. Get those, yeah, get those kids some, you know, vitamin injections or you know whatever whatever else they need to be infused with so they're performing uh, in tip top shape. See the whole deal. Load them up. Get them on. Get them going. Yeah, yeah. They this, need to be healthy. The seven thirty kick. Yeah, that that that's really annoying, but. Jimmy, my question about that for you is, mm-hmm. does that help the Huskies who've played so many of these games? Yeah, that, that, that crossed my mind. I mean, you'd have to say they're used to it, at least. Um, you know, it is a long time to wait. for Being an old-school Husky fan, you know, I'm not a millennial toog. But you got so accustomed. You love the twelve thirty, you know, kickoff, the crisp fall Saturdays. You knew when the game was going to be. You, you could your day was planned out. You basically knew, week in week out, what your morning looked like, how you're going to get ready for the game, how you're going to get home. But then you you know you just had that occasional night game. But yeah, to your point, now it's just the times we're in. You better be used to it because it's just the way it is. Yeah, you're talk I mean you're talking more about the fans and not necessarily the players. Well, but obviously yeah, both. It, obviously it, both. Spills over to the players, right? Like in this regard, this will be their sixth seven thirty kickoff. So yeah, they have some rhythm. They probably have their you know, their their day planned out. Obviously they do, but their schedule, they're used to it for that evening kick. So yeah, I mean they don't. Have to, it's not a big travel trip, really. What? It's a forty-five minute flight, probably, if that. Yeah, probably somewhere in there. Fifty-minute. They're not taking the buses over the pass. No, no buses. I mean, it's a quick, <laughs> quick flight. When do you think is the last time they did that? Like nineteen seventy or nineteen sixty? Had to be a long time ago. I mean, hell, who knows? No clue. We should find out. Maybe we could. Maybe someone on the Twitters would know yeah, about K- that. Maybe Capel or Varel. Yeah. Shout out to get, those guys. And yeah, get them on the job. Uh, well, they had a little bit of, bit of a busy day themselves today. Oh, yeah. I thought you would mention that pretty quickly out of the gate. Yeah, Kalen DeBoer, who I called Kalen DeSark at halftime of the Oregon <laughs> State game. What is that, two and a half games ago? Yeah. Uh, what a difference a little some <laughs> some time can make. Um, 
and uh, he got an extension. Obviously, Nebraska uh, is sniffing around. Um, and shout out to me. I retweeted it today. I have to take a victory lap. And I said, I tweeted this on August 27th, and I said, Nebraska cans Frost and offers DeBoer a fat raise after UW goes 10-3. and <laughs> Nice. Um, well, just for any Nebraska fan out there, your program's dead. It's over. <laughs> that program's toast. You had a great past. You can enjoy the memories. But Nebraska's no longer. Dude, they had an amazing past. If you look at, I mean, I know that we always complain like, oh, you know, we're not the way we have the program we used to be or Washington fans have had it hard. Obviously that was more, you know, you could say that in 2014 or 2015. I think that was more apt, but just look at Nebraska and Colorado. Like if you're rating team uh, college programs that have had the biggest downfalls, it would, it, 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 it has to be Nebraska and Colorado, number one and two, and maybe Tennessee, but you know they're obviously getting back. You know they've had a fantastic year. I mean, could you think of any other programs that have had such a big downfall? No, yeah, I think Nebraska's probably at the top of the list when yeah you look at the history. I mean, even the recent history, right? I mean, they not too long ago they were they fired what Pelini for. Winning nine games. Yeah, he was like nine and four and ten and four every year. And yeah, they canned his ass. I mean, they had, you know, give him credit; they had high expectations, but uh, clearly they've made a lot of missteps since. Yeah, and obviously the I mean the conference realignment really hurt Nebraska and Colorado, and I, I think with this conference expansion. Obviously, the landscape is going to change quite a bit in the next five years, assumingly. Hopefully, we're not a program that uh, gets hurt if we go to the Big Ten and we're in this super conference. Well, it's certainly something they're going to have to navigate as a program, for sure. Um, But, yeah, I think uh, the DeBoer going to Nebraska thing, it's just, it's funny. It's, it's, It's funny how these things just start to crop up and pop up and you know twitter twitter is such a interesting you know medium for football and sports in general but (laughs) i think for some it's turned them insane like that owen 12 twitter guy for the ducks i mean i'm worried about that guy that dude is unhinged he's that the socialist quack i don't know i haven't seen yeah i haven't seen all that stuff but yeah inform us on what's going on he was he's still talking about the bo nicks play oh yeah yeah and it's like dude i mean and and then he's like you know everything's washington with him like consistently it i mean like it's borderline like you know it's an obsession i i mean wow i mean you must not have a lot of a lot of things going on because his commitment to the Husky football program is is wild. Yeah. Uh, well, I I, I I did tweet. I hope he gets. If it's the same yeah. person you're referring to, I hope he gets the help he needs because yeah, <laughs> some people really take it too seriously. <laughs> yeah, someone was talking about someone was talking about like you know sports and Twitter. Like people are like threatening other to kill other fans. <laughs> like I, I mean, I feel like there's like you know it's 
some people have predispositions that you know dispositions to alcohol or drugs or whatever it's like but that also falls in line with social media right you might not be addicted to the the hard drugs or the booze but you might have that but there might be something where the social media gets it i mean it's just it's 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 wild man i mean look we've all gotten sucked into scrolling and reading it's a a rabbit hole it's a and it's a drug it's a drug it 100 percent is there should be a warning label um, and you know what? I think eventually there will be. <laughs> Not to get off on a tangent, but I think at some point social media will be categorized as a health hazard. Yeah, it really. But I do have to say, there it is a drug commanding an audience. I understand. Uh, you know, when we did the um, so roughly a year ago or a little bit before that, we were doing these spaces, trying to figure out who we we're going to hire, and I was doing the spaces and relaying the r- rumors that were coming in left and right at Coker's, you know, talking about where, you know, Matt Campbell's plane is going here. And then yeah. I was doing, I don't know. I was doing these late night spaces and I just see hundreds of people coming in and hosting those. I, it was a drug commanding an audience and just seeing all these people come in just to listen to me. And I was like, I know what Trump feels like with these rallies. <laughs> I mean, it's like a drug to have all these people up there. And it's like with Elon Musk now. That's why he's, you know, he's on Twitter and he's tweeting. He's responding to all these, you know, ridiculous people who have huge followings. And I mean, it's a drug. He's doing that because he he likes the drug of attention. Well, when he gets a half a million likes, or you know, half of, uh, you know, he gets five hundred thousand likes on some of it. Uh, he's had posts over a million likes. I mean, certainly, wow. yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, yeah, he said tweets with over a million likes. I mean, that's uh, that's significant. Yeah, um, I mean, and, and I, he he just posted. I mean, the the audience has grown. I think by one point six million followers more than ever. I, there's something about it. it's the amount of people coming onto Twitter is has gone up. Uh, dramatically since his takeover. So the point being, like, even more people are coming onto the site. Yeah, to yeah. just to, yeah, just to, yeah, because you can't. The people that like him and the people that hate him. It was like Howard Stern that part in the movie where was it was it Paul Giamatti or somebody else who was explaining to Paul Giamatti he called him pig vomit about. It's like, well, there's this many people who listen to Stern. You know, part of his audience. You know, the people that hate or you know. The people who also hate Stern, they're also listening to Stern. Yeah, well, totally. I mean, and it was the pig vomit or the other guy who were like just incensed when they saw the numbers on that. It's and it is driving, you know, just mayhem in a sense of it's like everything's a clap back, right? Where even like with between fans, like Duck fans and Coog fans, I mean, it's just. The mudslinging. I'm sure, like the players, like laugh at the fans. Like, <laughs> you know, like they're taking it even more serious than the players. And of course, they want to win. But I mean, the amount of just vitriol. I mean, after Tennessee beat Alabama, I don't know if you saw any of that stuff, but it's like holy shit, man. If you care about your your personal identity, like these days you have to be careful on how you conduct yourself in public because 
one slip up of some sort of outburst in public and someone gets that on camera, you might be the next viral superstar on a platform. And for me, that would be my worst nightmare. So, I mean, and some of these, what these people say to each other in public while they know they're on camera, knowing this is going to be posted somewhere, it's mind blowing, man, where we've become in the last like 10 years. Like, who could have predicted this? It's insane. And, you know, you have access to like Jim Moore and, you know, Salk and Jason Puckett, who you, by the way, just roasted. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I was just. I was just substantiating his point. I, what did I? How did you, I roast him? You were. He was commenting about how UW's the only zero and twelve program, and you were like, "Yeah, and that's also the Coug fans' best season because like they're obsessed with it." Yeah, it was. I mean, they 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 can't let it for I like Jim Moore has so many stories, but. He, he loves him. There's nothing more that he loves than the own 12 Husky season and, you know, some random apple cup that, you know, the Cougs, you know, just squeak by in or something. And I, how many years in a row has he picked the Cougs now? I mean, I think he, <laughs> what was the year we, we smashed him? I think it was the Peterson second apple cup. And I think, you know, Washington state was supposed to be really good. I think a lot of people were picking the Cougs to win 20, 2015 when their Peyton Bender was playing and yes. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it's just, it's just, you know, you have so many, uh, ways you can communicate with these people and, you know, softy, you talk about people that love to hate softy and listen to him. There's a lot of people like that. And they always love the, they always shit on him going to Bellevue Community College. That's like their biggest thing. He's badass. He yeah, and there's a, I, I saw some thread where someone, yeah, someone like this is this you know this fat Bellevue College grad, and then someone replied and they said, "Softy's not fat anymore. He actually looks good." <laughs> I think I, he responded to one guy where Softy said, oh, "It's Apple Cup week," you know, and they said that like you're just some loser from Bell BCC. And he's like, it's Apple Cup. <laughs> you know, it's just like the it's just the level of decorum uh in the space though is it can get ugly very quickly. Yeah, you know, I tweeted something and not to be all high and mighty about, you know, the rivalry. I did mention sure. it for the Oregon thing. But look, keep keep it to football, keep it to the rivalry and, and all the stuff that surrounds it. You know, not Nothing personal or no academic smack. I mean, that's just so fucking low. I hate that shit. Just keep it to football and that thing. Nothing personal. Nothing. Oh, you went to, you know, you're bagging my, what does a cougar, what does a cougar grad say to a husky grad? Would you like cheese and fries with that? I mean, (laughs) that's just, it's not funny. That's stupid. It's not funny. It's it's a bad joke. It's just, It's, it's a really bad joke. Yeah. It's no good. Yeah. You know, and particularly at a time when a lot of people are too lazy to work, <laughs> stop ripping on people who work in fast food. I mean, th- those are real jobs. Okay, I'm, this is ha- this is a tongue in cheek, but also part serious. Yeah, you know, it's not like people are on OnlyFans making money that way. You know, it's people who are working hard in fast food making an honest living. They don't need to be demeaned. <laughs> Yeah, what is that? That, that again? That's going off to a tangent. We will get to some football talk, but. Yeah. That that one girl who was on Doctor Phil, you know, t- 
talking, you know, she's talking smack to her mom and, you know, just totally foul mouthed and completely out of control. It's like a famous viral clip. Now she like is on OnlyFans. She's making like six million dollars a month or some crazy ass shit. She's like, I'm living my best life, you know, just because she talked about like killing her mom on Dr. Phil. Now she's like a multi multi millionaire for, you know, having OnlyFans. It's like, I'm living my best life. Okay. Doctor Phil's not even a real doctor. No, no he's not. No, he's... but that's what our country has become. Yeah, it's just uh, celebrities, man. I mean, they got a lot of sway. I mean, shit. Doctor Phil was just on Joe Rogan, I think, two weeks ago, and uh, yeah, he had a show where he had a you know a lot of questionable guests on it. I, I saw some. There was. There was a guest that I, I have to look this up. There was a guest that came on Dr. Phil who he, he, first, he dressed and he made his head like everything. So he looked like Dr. Phil and Dr. Phil was ripping on him because he was like exposed. I think he was like recording bum fights or something and exposing those people on TV. And the guy said to Dr. Phil, well, you do the exact same thing. Okay. <laughs> And he, he dressed and made his hair so he looked exactly like Dr. Phil. I know the clip, man. I know every time. <laughs> yeah. Back back to the Apple Cup. I, I'm, I'm going to butcher my explanation of this, but I have seen this meme, and it's really funny. Like, I could use Jim Moore in it. Like, you basically, you take someone who has, like, a really, like, a religious opinion where they're not, they're never going to change their opinion. And the meme is like, the meme is, the meme is like you quote the person, and for Jim Moore it would be like, if my two kids were hanging, you know, or hanging off a cliff, and the only way to save them would be to say, I would have to say, go Huskies. I'd say, sorry, kids, I'm going to plan for your funeral. <laughs> Just I was thinking of posting like a meme like that, but I, I don't know. Would that, no, would that be would that be too would that be too low? No, that's that's like Jim. That's like Jim Moore's fucking wheelhouse. Excuse my yeah. language. Yeah, that's like his wheelhouse. Are you kidding? Yeah, he he is like that extreme. Like he's that guy. Well, and I, and I made. I also made the joke like everything he tweets, he says "Go Cougs" at the end. Yes, he does. So it's like, it's like, oh, I just found out I have AIDS. Go Cougs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... That would be him. That would be Jim. <laughs> have, have you seen uh, his uh, takes at all on uh, on this big Big Apple Cup Saturday? Oh, I haven't. Please indulge me and the listeners. Well, I'm, well, I was asking you because I I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen anything on. Uh, I, I'm sure he's picking the Cougs to win. I, you know, I've kind of dropped off the whole radio front. I, I don't listen to any talk radio anymore i i haven't even listened to uh the honks i don't i don't even know who the honks are is it a rotating guest list on the honks i mean i haven't yeah i'm not really sure i mean because there have been i think mario and uh greg greg lewis and mario bay i think they're on the honks but maybe there have been guys on at other times i do have to say you know i think hugh's analysis they have them on every week i know that we've ripped on hugh in the past uh, but I, I think his analysis, for the most part, you know, over time has been really good. And I think recently, 
I think a lot of listeners would agree with his analysis. The last thing I heard him say, I think it was a week ago, where they were you know asking about the oh the Oregon game, this is so great, blah blah blah. You know, is this that is super memorable? And he was saying, no, we got to go to the Rose Bowl and win it, and that would be you know like a super, that would be a super memory for me for this team. But oh, yeah. it, because basically he had the perspective that like it's a good win, I'm really happy about it. It's great for the program, but you know let's let's not act like this is the top of the mountain. Yeah, you know yeah. that that that's where DeBoer to go off on a good tangent. That's where DeBoer has to get this program too, and hopefully DeBoer, you know, and Courtney Courtney Morgan uh, with the NIL stuff. Hopefully, they're telling Jen Cohen like, "Look, we got to get in this game, and we got to do it big, or we're going to get left behind." Because they know, I mean, these guys know that we've lost recruits almost a hundred percent because of it. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the wide receiver coach is Shepard is a really good recruiter, but he's getting you know wide receivers. They're guys who have an ego. It's going to be hard to get a blue chip wide receiver now and say, oh yeah, well you know uh, we'll give you here's our nil. We'll give you a four hundred one k plan. <laughs> you know, you could sell these t shirts and make you know a couple hundred bucks. You can cash out on your 401k at 59 and a half. Enjoy. Yeah. It. I, 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 the 401k, the retirement plan that they came out with when this thing started, fundam- that is a complete fundamental misunderstanding of these recruits and, you know, fast strategy <laughs> yeah. type recruits. Like, that would be good. Like, okay, if we have a lacrosse team and we're recruiting lacrosse players. You know, or soccer players from Bellevue High School, Mercer Island, Lakeside, or Seattle Prep. That would be perfect for targeting those like those athletes from those schools. Like not football players from the inner city. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like you're not selling many kids on a 401k plan. To your point, yeah, I mean, it's like in a lot of these top top recruits. I mean, they're they're not thinking about what they're going to do at 59. They're thinking about the NFL. And they're also thinking about getting money right away because that's the game. Uh, and, and, and all these kids talk, right? They know. And clearly it's, you know, public information, what these kids get. So high school kids are seeing this transfer goes to this school. They're getting $150,000 cash and a freaking Range Rover and Escalade to drive while they're on campus. Oh, well, you can go to Washington. We'll give you a 401k plan. Maybe we'll throw in a Subaru Forester. It's an 85. <laughs> and it, yeah, and it's uh, it's really environmentally friendly. Yeah, it's very environmentally friendly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the old school like diesel Jettas that got like 40 miles a gallon 15 years ago. That's what you get. You, you know, with all that ESG and environmental shit, like maybe, I, I don't know... Since that's a huge thing at woke U Dub, maybe we could use that for NIL somehow. <laughs> I mean, you figure out how that can that can help get money to the players. Okay, that's that's one way to use that shit. Yeah, well, you know, maybe give them a Chevy Bolt or upgrade them. Maybe some kids will get the Tesla. And yeah, give give some Bolt. kids a Tesla. By the way, if you own Tesla stock, that's a real. I mean, that look that chart looks really bad. Like that's taking a nosedive. I would be really concerned if you own Tesla stock. So, uh, well, I can that is just random, just random comment that 
<laughs> you know, that that company's n- nothing personal against Elon. That company's benefited from a lot of the free money, government largesse, Fed printing money, and now that that's we're kind of doing away with that for the time being. Oh, we'll be revving up those printers. Yeah, too. no, yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be coming for sure. I mean, we're about we're about six months away from that starting up again. <laughs> I mean, we're we're gonna find out, you know, pulling out this all this money out of the economy, hiking interest rates. Like some of the economic stats out there are, uh, they're they're pretty like yes, we will be, definitely be printing money again before the end of next year. Can't oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe we'll cut some checks. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do. Yeah, I, I think if I, I think if we have a real recession next year, there is going to be some form of UBI. I mean, we already saw that during COVID, but for sure, like you, yeah. full blown UBI is definitely coming. Well, if you're in California, you probably will get a gas card. Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, because there's not. I mean, the get gas, it's you know, the you know, right now the you know the le- the left is in power and they don't want to grant you know they don't want to increase the supply of domestic oil and the thing is that's going to take time you can't just like press a button and it's like okay now we're going to have all this oil and gas gas prices are going lower so the only thing they could do is just give people more money to offset the pro what you're not really doing i mean you're not really helping the problem well and especially i mean if you're an oil oil, gas company and the administration's telling you we want to do it way with you it's like are they going to invest capital to generate you know more oil somewhere else or you know it's like what's the incentive to keep drilling if uh, if you're being told that we want to do away with you it's a very uh, interesting uh situation yeah. yeah one one other interesting thing before we circle back to football i'm sorry we're going up all these tangents is if you actually look oil and gas companies have performed best under democratic administrations it's mm-hmm. a lot of counterintuitive things in finance but that's one of them, even coal, like coal's done really well. I mean, so you were to think, oh, Biden's getting elected. Let's invest in, you know, alternatives and green energy and avoid all the dirty energy. Well, yeah. dirty conventional energy has done extremely well. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, well, just, you know, maybe just we'll a random have, thing. Last we'll stock it's, tips. Yeah. Off-season stock tips is that uh, coming? Come and ask, <laughs> and, and also Bob movies. Since I've been sick, I didn't get to watch the yeah. start of Tulsa King, so don't tweet me about it. <laughs> but Sylvester Stallone, I've seen some of the clips. It looks kind of funny. Well, I, I'm watching. I just started the Yellowstone season, so. Oh, how was the first episode? Well, you know, it, it's setting up for you know it could be a, a juicy season for sure. It's a it's a two parter. Unfortunately, I think this they're doing six episodes and then. Uh, the remaining eight, I don't even think they've started filming. So there's going to be a big gap in the last season. Um, but yeah, they're setting it up for, you know, they're kind of just setting up the, the storyline. And, uh, you know, they always throw in some haymakers in there, try to throw in emotional punches, what they've, which they they got out of the way early in the first episode. So, yeah, looks like it's going to be, a, you know, another entertaining season. I love Montana. And we're back. We had technical difficulties there. Maybe that, uh, maybe that were the podcast gods telling us to get back on topic and talk about Husky football. So, uh, Jimmy, with that said, I mean, we had a good amount of bullshitting there. But yeah. uh, talk about the game. Is there anything we can take away from the fifty-four to seven win over Colorado? Uh, I mean, just just an honest question because I mean, Colorado 
they I mean to me they look really bad and they're in the middle of some really tough games so you know I mean it, it, I don't know what did you wa- uh, did you watch it do you have any insight from the game I was just gonna say, I guess what we learned is that Colorado's really shitty <laughs> uh you know I guess one takeaway would be and I think you would concur is that if you're a good offense we're talking about good offense you're you know a good team you know you're going to take a poor team to the woodshed which they did and uh you know they did it on the ground they did it through the air i like how they involved jalen polk um had a nice night uh you know it was just they it just seemed like they're just hitting on all cylinders right for that game especially offensively um but you know on the other side, they're playing just a demoralized team. They've had a tumultuous season. And so, you know, there's an element of that, but I just liked how they just took care of business. And I just love the fact that, that Panic's just, you know, he, he just doesn't take a lot of hits. And I don't know who's on the broadcast, I remember, but they were saying, they were talking about how, like, Colorado's defense provides so much, so many different looks and all this pressure. And it's just like, Okay, well, this team's not good. Yeah. But, I I mean, you just liked how they kicked their ass. Yeah, completely agree. No, I'm I'm trying to think of something insightful to say, but I don't know. I mean, do do you think the defense has at least improved over the last month? Well, if you um, Castricon just uh, tweeted out a day or so ago about their third down defense, uh, the last five games it's improved uh, dramatically uh, from the start of the year. Yeah, I mean, part of that is you know obviously the opponent matters. Um, sure. Yeah. But the other the other point, I, and this is a real nuanced point that I want to make is. Why did we only give up 34 points to Oregon? Mm. Well, it was because the offense basically didn't punt. Or maybe it had one punt. I don't know. I can't remember. And so the offense being really effective that game and looking like an elite offense, it helped the defense. Because let's say the offense, uh, so we had 37. I mean, let's say the offense you take away one or two drives, the score of that game could have easily been, you know, Oregon wins 44 to, you know, 31 or something like that. And so I think that's the, you know, you look at the UCLA game, the Arizona State game, there were turnovers, Oregon State game as well. I mean, you know, pick pick six that game. So the offense, like when you have an offense that, is really elite and doesn't make mistakes. It helps the defense. It makes your defense look better. So I think the mm-hmm. offense playing better um, in the I say the last two and a half games because you know the second half of the Oregon State game, um, I think it scored almost every time it had the ball, um, and then obviously the Oregon game and obviously last week. I mean it's been and so I think that's obviously a key for this week. Um, with uh, you know Wazoo being a comparable team, I mean, you look at you know we're favored by two. It's on the road, so we're a slightly better team. But uh, um, you know, we'll see. Well, I think that's one thing Jim Moore said. Well, this Husky team's going to play a defense this weekend. I think that's one comment he made. 
Uh, well, it is it is true on the road they do have to play a defense. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I'm, I'm I'm and I'm not sure how good the Coop defense is. I mean, it's it's definitely good. I'm looking at a lot of different stats. I've been meaning to, um, you know, watch the Cougs if I can. But you know, obviously, I got to make money. I can't not do my job during the day. Uh, so there's there's that. Um, and I'm going to take another quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back again, everyone. Sorry for the difficulties here. Um, health calls, nature calls. Uh, so we're talking about the Wazoo defense. You know, one thing for Jim Moore, though, I would say, Jimmy, is Wazoo has not played that many good offenses. I mean, you look at who they've played. I, I mean, they've, yeah, they've held. I don't know. Oh, here's my phone. I had it on my phone. Uh, because I was looking it up while I was pinching a loaf. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, re- read it off. Who have they played? Well, <clears throat> they just beat the Wildcats 31-20. They beat Arizona State at home. They they crushed Stanford 52-14. Played Utah tough, lost 21-17. That was a home game. Oregon State beat them 24-10. That was at Oregon State. Wazoo or USC, they lost 30 to 14. Cal, they won 28-9. They lost to Oregon 44-41. And they actually had that game uh, pretty well locked up. Almost locked up, yeah. Yeah. And uh, obviously let that one go uh, by the wayside. I feel so bad for them. Uh, But from an opponent standpoint, both beat Arizona. We lost Arizona State off, obviously. And then Oregon State, clearly we won. They only were able to score 10 on Oregon State's defense. And like we pointed out, the Beavs are pretty good at home. Um, so, I mean, they've had uh, obviously some tough losses. They had the Wisconsin win early in the year, which obviously was a good tone setter, good way for Dicker to kick off the year. But – um, we'll see. Uh, and they say this is you throw out all the records in the uh, the rivalry game. You throw out all 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 the the rankings and all that shit comes down to the game Saturday night. Um, if in fact you up struggling with the uh, health issues, that's a bummer. Um, you know I don't think Pullman's a very like intimidating place to play. Like it'll be. <laughs> Yeah, for Penix, it'd be you know, like the spring game or something. I mean, like <laughs> thirty-four thousand in that in that stadium, something in that realm. Yeah. So I don't, I you know, from a intimidation crowd factor, environment factor, I don't think you know that plays much of a part in this game. But I think it is. There could be rain. Uh, you know, it's going to be cold. It's not going to be the most comfortable game from a weather standpoint. I, you almost would prefer, like, 25 degrees clear and sunny over, like, 40 and wet, at least for me personally. Yeah, no, it, it's – it looks like it's going to be miserable for the fans. Well, at least it's not going to be, like, 2018 and snowing. Well, would you like 40 and rain or snow? I mean, snow's pretty miserable, like if you're standing in the stands, but. Yeah. 
but rain is you know not much fun either for three and a half four hours at least you know the snow adds like a little bit of a you know what a different feel of the game than just pouring rain yeah i'm looking so snow is expected sunday monday tuesday saturday in pullman it's going to be sunny and a high of 38 a low of 30 Mm. it doesn't uh yeah i haven't looked into uh what it says at night i don't see the chance of rain you you see that I, i i just i read the comment or i heard it was mentioned somewhere that there's potential for rain but I can't tell you that for for as certain. Long, as long as there's no wind, I think Penix will be fine. Yeah, no, agreed. But hopefully, you know, you got a lot of transfers on this team. Um, you know, a lot of guys have not. How many guys on this roster? Because we missed playing them in the COVID year. So. Hopefully, I mean, so it could be the first time the majority of the players maybe all of them have played in Pullman and it is a little different, you know, tinier stadium, tiny stadium, weather can be a factor. So hopefully, you know, and hopefully we're, we're feeling good. That's just my worry is that it's one of those games where we kind of lay an egg. Well, I, and I was thinking about that and I think you've mentioned it before that DeBoer seems to know how to press the right buttons. Um, uh, clearly they did against Oregon had the team ready to play. Uh, I, I think with the coup game, you know, I, apparently they played the planting on the flag clip uh, at the end of meetings on, I think, Monday. Grubb played that video. Uh, and we know college football is a game of emotion. And, you know, for these young kids, payback can be uh, a motivator. But, I, I mean, if you go and look at that footage, it is, I mean, De- Delora is pretty much an ass in that clip. Uh, you know, so I, I think, obviously, he's not a coog anymore. But, I mean, dancing on the W in Husky Stadium, uh, and if you care as a player about that, I mean, I, I, I do think there is some, I, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, that motivation factor maybe plays a part at the start of the game, but once you set on the game, that goes by the wayside, but I, maybe preparation's a little bit better. Maybe practice is a little bit better. Uh, maybe there's, you know, from a preparation standpoint, uh, they take it a little more seriously uh, with that revenge factor. But yeah, because I mean, for the game, yeah, you settle in, that probably goes by the wayside, but it's all about the preparation and game plan right now. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so looking at Wazoo's defense, they do, they get a lot of sacks, but they do give up some long passes. I was looking at the number of 20-yard passes, uh, cfbstats.com, and they do give up a lot of those. Uh, but they are generally a good defense. You know, or, Oregon State, um, Utah, and, and Wazoo, depending on what you look at, could be the three best defenses in the league. But they all, I mean, they all can be had to some degree. Again, Wazoo has given up a lot of long passes, but uh, 
they are, you know, very active and they, they get a lot of sacks and tackles for loss. And if you look at the points that they've given up, I mean, other than Oregon, you know, they gave up, they were getting shredded that game, gave up 44 points. And one of those is a pick six. The most have given up since then was 30 to at USC. And so at home, Utah, they only gave up 21. Arizona State, they only gave up 18. The Cal, they only gave up nine. If you look at a lot of these games, they played, they performed better against a lot of these teams than we did. Mm. Arizona, Arizona State, Stanford, um, Cal. Mainly, the, I mean, we, you know, we performed better against Oregon State. Um, you know, we didn't play USC. We performed a little bit better against Oregon. Um, but yeah, I mean, at USC is the most since the beginning of the season, the most they've given up 30 points. But that being said, Jimmy, look at the offenses they've played. Arizona State, Stanford, Utah, Utah with its backup quarterback, mind you, Oregon State. So since then, and yet they played Arizona last week, but, you know, Delora was, the Arizona had four turnovers. Delora was punching his teammates. I mean, that. <laughs> yeah. I'm but I, I guess my in, in in Wazoo, you know, their defense does cause a lot of turnovers. So turnovers are master of the obvious, but that's an X factor. Can we go in there and play a clean game? Because Wazoo relies on turnovers, and I don't think looking at these, I think it's going to be hard to score thirty points. Looking at just Wazoo's stats, just you know, not factoring in turnovers and that stuff, it's going to be hard to score thirty points. Well, does that mean our defense can hold them, obviously, uh, to 29 points? Uh, I mean, I think, is that how it works? We can, if we score the most points, we, we win the game. Um, <clears throat> yes, sir. That's that's why, that, that analysis is why you earn the big bucks on this show. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Ward being, having some mobility concerns me from an offensive, pers- or, you know, defensive perspective. Um. You know, it's going to be really important that uh, that we 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 be mindful of his ability to run because those third and sixes, those third and eight type of situations, you don't want to give up first downs to Ward running, and that worries me because I think you know obviously we struggle in some areas um, with our linebacking core, and uh, Asa Turner um, cannot tackle. So, uh, those, that's something that worries me is, uh, Ward extending plays, uh, with his feet. Um, cause he is, you know, he's an athletic guy. I mean, he didn't have the most overwhelming stats against Arizona. Uh, he's 25, 36 through for just under 200 yards, but he did have, uh, eight runs for 59 yards and a touchdown. So, I think, yeah, that's a concern, obviously. You know, our offensive line has kept Penix pretty clean. So if they're getting to him early, you know, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, looking at their passing offense, uh, yards per attempt, I mean, they're down with Cal. uh, They're ninth in the – tied for ninth in the league. And uh, so Ward is not a good passer, but um, clearly I just want to see what his QBR is. 
because uh, that does a good job of. Um, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I haven't watched him since the earlier. You know, since the earlier part of the season. I I don't know. Like he's taken like big leaps uh, at the position as the season's gone on necessarily. Yeah, his QBR is only sixty, which is tied for seventy eighth. Yeah. Or excuse me, fifty eighth. I mean, he hasn't thrown. He hasn't thrown that many interceptions. I mean, 21 TDs, eight interceptions. He did throw two picks against Cal, two against Oregon, two against Wisconsin. So he has not thrown one, two, three, four. He's not thrown a pick in in the last four games. Just looking at Arizona State, I mean, he threw 37 passes, only completed 22 for 219 yards. Um, Yeah, and and yeah, his mobility – like if if he was not that mobile, <clears throat> yeah, he'd he'd be struggling. This match, you'd be more, you'd be more confident about this matchup for the Huskies, just because his mobility. I, I mean, their run game is probably okay, but um, if you look at like Oregon State, you know they don't yeah. really have a, you know they didn't have a passing offense. That's why we we're able to beat them. Um, Ward had he did throw for three forty five against Oregon State, but he threw the ball fifty four times uh, in that game. Threw a pick, uh, got sacked six times. Yeah, they do, here's the other thing: they give up a lot of sacks. I, I was going to mention that they give up a lot of sacks. So that's and Ward is mobile too, so he takes a lot of sacks, but he escapes from sacks too. So. Well, it's going to be important that you know Trice and those guys, ta- you know, tackle well, and and keep probably keep them in the pocket. Yeah, no, for sure, uh, force them to throw right. Right. Yeah, I I don't think this is. I don't think they are the defense, or they are the offense that's really going to give us problems. But I I have to look. And see, they've probably scored a lot of points off turnovers. Because I was looking at Arizona. They had a pick six. Arizona turned it over four times. But, you know, yeah, Cam Ward, he can he can, he can run the ball. So, um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, looking at their defense, um, It'll be a good test for our offense and Penix in our offensive line. They the offensive line has been really good the last couple of games. Again, the last two and a half games since halftime of Oregon State, we've been an elite offense. We have that elite offense. We'll win the game this week because that will neutralize their strength, their defense. But you know, if we get a shitty performance from the offense, like we saw against Arizona State and UCLA where we helped you know where we helped the other team get some easy scores that's the thing I'm I'm worried about certainly and you know to your point I think you said they're they're pretty well Sagarin they're pretty close to one another aren't they yeah they're um let me bring that up um yeah they're they're 27 yeah, I tweeted those out. We're I think we're number nineteen. Okay, here it is. Uh so we're number nineteen. Um 
They're number 27 in Sagarin, just right behind UCLA, because UCLA had some shitty performances uh, mm-hmm. the first couple games. Um, but yeah, based on Sagarin, uh, the game should be a pick based on, and that's just one. I mean, I like to use Sagarin. Uh, you know, we're three points better than them, basically. So we would be favored by six if it was at Husky Stadium, or three if it was on a neutral field. Mm-hmm. So at, at Wazoo, it's a pick I think we're favored by two. I think that's the line. Well, if you look at team stats, you know, we're averaging just short of 40 points a game. They're at 27. We allow 25. Uh, they allow 19. 19.8. You know, total yards, we're, we're at 505. They're at 370. So we, we, we throw, I mean, our offense, uh, I mean, if you look at yards allowed, we're actually less than yards allowed. Uh, 362 again, they're at 366. Dude, a lot of these defensive stats are really confounding. Like, I'd like to be able to, like, just look at one or two. I mean, there's one metric where we're, like, 125. There's another one where we're 60. Uh, yeah, looking at total defense in the league, we're third. You know, Wazoo is fourth. Even if you look at yards per play on defense, we're third in the league. Which, I mean, that's, you know, yards per play is like one of the most important stats. So we're third on defense in the league. Are you kidding me? Um, so, yeah, a lot of these stats are, um, let's see, rushing defense, Wazoo, um, average. Okay, yeah, they're they're number one in rushing defense in the league based on average. But we're number two. So I wonder if, yeah, sacks probably have something to do with that. Well, you know, one thing too is that they they are on a three game skid: USC, Oregon State, Utah. Then they beat Stanford, beat Arizona State, beat Arizona. Then so we're both coming off of uh, you know they got a three game win streak. We got two uh, well, three, you know, Oregon State was a big win. Obviously, Oregon was a huge win, and they beat up a shitty Colorado team. So, you know, from a confidence perspective, both teams are. You know, similar, but obviously Washington has a much bigger win under their belt in the last three games. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I do like I do like the fact that the, it just seemed like the Washington offense is hitting on all cylinders. And if that's the case for Saturday, I mean, I, I think it's going to be tough for the Cougs uh, to match punch for punch. But we'll see if it if we can't score thirty. If if you're saying we're going to be limited to 30 points, and you know this game worries me. Yeah, I mean, looking at uh, turnovers will be a big factor. Well, they they gave up. I mean, they've only given up Oregon at home. They were giving up a ton of yards. That's the only game they've given up more than 30. So, I mean, granted, Utah didn't have – Utah was missing a lot of their guys. They were missing their quarterback and a couple other really key guys. So, maybe Utah would have scored 30 because, they, you know, they, Utah scored 21. Well, he was – Ward was also uh, the high rusher against Utah for 28 yards. <laughs> he threw for 223, led the team in rushing with 28 yards. Stanford, they lit him up, but you know he 
He only threw for 176 yards. They probably ran all over him. Yeah, how many cheap scores did they get that game? Yeah, um, it was clearly a number of them. I mean, it's, you know, Ward had one, two, three games over 300 yards. Pretty much from there, he was like around 200. Average, he's probably like around 225 a game, somewhere in there. Um, so, I yeah, I mean, I think, I think if the offense is – feeling good and they're efficient. Uh, I, I think our defense will be able to do enough to win this game. But to your point, I mean, Wazoo's at home, uh, metrics wise, they're fairly similar. Okay. I'll give you, here are some three series of, of if I could boil it down to these advanced stats. Okay. So, Team rankings, rating teams at home and on the road. We've now improved on the road. Remember, we were like number 70 on the road. Yeah. We are now number 51 on the road. Wazoo at home is number 50. Mm. So you could look, or I mean, you know, you could look and say, well, we've. All right. Sorry for the technical difficulties again. So we're, uh, I'm going through my three favorite. Or three, I think, of the best metrics now. Uh, so the one I just said, just to repeat, uh, UW is number 50 or number 51 on the road. Wazoo is number 50 at home. Uh, college football graphs, which I know this one guy on Twitter uses, or CFB-graphs. It's a lot of advanced per play, per game stuff. It's called EPA, expected you know, points added, stuff like that. He has Washington number 18 and Wazoo number 83, which is interesting. Uh, if we're breaking down uh, Washington's offense, he has uh, per game, he has um, number two, but Washington's defense, number 126. Now for Wazoo, per game has its offense 76 and its defense per game uh, 79, which is kind of, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the, would agree with those. Um, now football outsiders.com, uh, they use, I think theirs is the best. And for the rankings they have, I don't know if they have, like, they look at per game stuff as far as point spreads, but their rankings are UW is number 26. Wazoo is number 29. And UW's offense is number eight. Defense is number 84. Mm. Coog's offense is number 60. And their defense is number 25. So I think that's I think that's the best one. Now I'm trying to find this guy on Twitter because um, he usually posts. Um, it's, stat, it's at Stats of War. He usually posts uh, these great graphs, advanced stats preview. Um, let's see here. Uh, where is it? I'm going, I'm going through. I see all the other games. I don't see. Um, so I, what do you think of these stats, by the way, while I'm scrolling here? Any any new comments? Well, I, I think it's what's going to say is that I think it's set up for it's probably going to be a pretty good game. 
I, I don't. I'm not walking this game thinking you know it's a lock victory. Yeah. Um. God, I wish I could fight. I. I mean, I rely on this guy's. Well, how about I say this? I'll say this. Yeah, go ahead, please. I, you know, let's say they they go in there and they just take care of business, and you know, they they win the game handedly, like pretty well. You know, it's a beatdown, close to a beatdown. Then I think you could say this team's taken a big leap. Uh, you know, I think the Oregon State game was was a good win. Obviously, on the road out of Oregon was huge kicking the crowd out of Colorado. But if they go in there and they play uh, Washington State well and, and beat them, you know, from, you know, they just clearly beat them in the yeah. game. And I think, you know, even creates even more excitement around DeBoer and the turnaround, right? Because we have talked about the schedule as a whole uh, being a little soft in comparison um, to other seasons, and obviously they miss US, the USC and Utah, um, and obviously ASU was a bad loss, so they've benefited from, you know, some weaker opponents. So I think what they could tell us is that this team has really taken a leap uh, if they're able to go in and just you know, beat the the Cougs handedly. Yeah, I mean, now I, the the Cougs would probably fall out of the top thirty in Sagarin, but. I mean, if, you know, not accounting for beating the Cougs, our record against the top 30 would be 3-1 and one, and the top 30 in Sagarin because we're 2-1 and one right now. We lost to UCLA, but we beat both the Oregon schools. And, you know, we're number 19 in Sagarin, just a cunt hair behind Oregon State and Oklahoma as well. Right. Um, but, yeah, you win this game by, just to say a touchdown or 10 points, you know, we're a top – we're clearly a top 20 team. And if you look at a normal schedule, so we would be 10 and two. Yeah. In a, in a normal schedule, like if you're top 20 in the metrics, you're, you're probably going nine and three, like generally speaking, but that's, but that's the key. I mean, you, we went, you, I think your, your point is well taken because you win this game, you're 10 and two and you're going to be in the top 20 and Sagarin, SRS, so I think we're 25 right now. So we're a little bit behind there. But that's still, you know, because I can look here and let me pull, you know, North Carolina. They're 9-2, and two, but they're number 43. So that's like bullshit. I mean, th this is a better, you know, if we would have beaten ASU but lost to Oregon by 20, what, what happened? I mean, that would be worse than... Um. Then, uh, then I guess you know what has happened. And see, the or because Oregon's still number nine in Sagarin. When it, winning that game, I think it really, it really solidifies the season. I mean, assuming you know you beat Wazoo and you go to a New Year's Six game, you didn't just sneak into a New Year's Six just winning all the games you were favored in and then losing to UCLA and Oregon. You know, you did it by beating Oregon, beating Oregon State, and then beating Washington State, all, you know, in the last, what, four or five weeks of the season? And, uh, you know, Nix is a running quarterback, so, and uh, <clears throat> we didn't let him beat him. He didn't beat us. 
took him out in that final you know, big play, obviously. But so, I mean, I guess looking back, I, I overlooked it where, you know, their fate, they faced a mobile quarterback and on the road and were able to win the game. And, and you could certainly argue that Oregon's a better team than Washington State. Right. So, but, you know, again, the rivalry. But, you know, there's a stat. Wazoo's never won three in a row in the uh, in all the years. They've but, never they've, but they've only won one in a row so far. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. So well, I don't know why that stat. Yeah, I know. I've seen that come up a couple times. Yeah, you're right. Uh, maybe it was just a random stat applying it. Because you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> could have not won two in a row. Maybe they're just throwing that out randomly. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure how it was applied. I, I there, there you go. Me just taking a stat, and not even thinking it through. Yeah, so let's go through questions. I mean, this is going to be a really long pod. I know that both of us didn't want it to be to be that way. I'm fighting the crud. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm fighting the crud. Let's yeah, let's go through these. How much of Kalen's raise was merit, and how much was other programs looking at him as a potential coach they could poach? Also, how much of a six to ten? Okay, that's the first question. I mean, I think, you know, there's an element of both, right? I mean, how could you not extend him after the season so far and bait in Oregon, you know, your hated rival? Um, but you know that his name was going to crop up um, with this improvement and us going back and looking at his resume. He's been a winner everywhere he's gone, and he's continued to – support that narrative so i think it's probably a mixture yeah and i'll just say i mean not to go off on a tangent but next year going to be a rebuilding year so seeing how he handles that i mean if he, if it's if it's a successful rebuilding year where he brings in a lot of talent in the portal and you know the team still is hovering around that top 30 level that to me would be really really encouraging that would just kind of like okay we know this guy you know, we know we've kind of got, you know, I don't want to say he's a unicorn, but, you know, we've we've gotten lucky. We've hit on something. Yeah. Because it's easy for guys to come on, come in and take what's there and do, you know, the Rick Neuheisel thing or, you know, there's other coaches who've done it where they come in and, you know, they do really well for one or two years and then they just, I mean, I'm not saying I think DeBoer is going to go that way, but, you know, the, the, there's more than just the first season. Yeah. Um, also, how much of the six to ten million Kalen signed his extension salary increase? Should Penix send him invoice for services rendered? <laughs> well, I guess there's an argument there, but I don't think he'll invoice him anything. <laughs> but let, let's yeah, let's be clear that Penix was a big part of the success this year. There's there's no question about that. Next question from Tiz. This guy always has great questions. Favorite Apple Cup memory? I mean, oh, ever or pre, you know that we were there in person. I, you know, I mean, for you could, you could give both, I guess. Yeah, I mean, one that just always stands out in my mind uh, was the Marquise Cooper pick, just because the bedlam that took place in the stadium. I mean, it was just. Just yeah. oh, as yeah. you would say, bananas. Uh, I think I was running up and down three or four bleachers, you know, 
high fiving and hugging people. I mean, random I, strangers. Yeah, I was out of my mind at the end of that game. I, Fucking a, that's awesome. Shit. Um, obviously, uh, the John the John Anderson four was it four field goals? Three, three, yeah, three field goals. I mean, that was was that the game where we all went onto the field and they were yeah. shit at us. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That's my. That's probably my best memory. But I'll let you continue. Yeah, I mean that was that's right up there. That was probably because did he kick two fifty yarders too? Of those, I think so. And he like he in the in the during the regulation, I think he missed he missed like two or three field goals, and a couple of them were short. Yeah, like he was having a horrible game up to that point. Yeah, I think, uh, and I was gonna say like it's it's tough because you know we were at on the road and just that game was just insane i mean that and and was that the game gesser broke his leg to tank johnson yeah yeah yes it was yeah um that there was just so much that was nuts i mean the game was totally nuts and you know it felt like it was dead to rights that the coups are going to win that game i mean the, the momentum was there uh for that to happen and then things just changed really quickly and then obviously John Anderson just came in clutch. I mean, that's tough. Those are probably my top two. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, for me, 2002 Apple Cup. Uh, yeah, that would probably be. That would probably be it. I mean, that, I, I think that's the best Apple Cup of all time. If you had to ra- rank all the Apple Cups, I know 1982. Like that's probably number yeah. one for the Cougs. But I think if you're looking at every apple cup like that's probably the most sig- that's probably number one on any list i mean triple overtime game just that was unbelievable yeah it, it, it was unbelievable i was on the field that got hit with a bottle it was a full dasani yeah and uh, knocked me to the ground oh, yeah. <laughs> i was okay but yeah that was like on the field i mean that was that was like a little bit of a melee like i remember reggie was like running over to their sideline it was cold as shit, uh, too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. Pullman in November. Yeah. But, I mean, it was, like, really cold. Yeah. Yeah. How phenomenal. We could, we could go on for hours. Oh, yeah. No, that was, uh, that was amazing. And I was yelling at – well, I think I was yelling at Cody on the field the week before after the Oregon game, and then I was yelling at him again. I think he knows who I am because I actually saw him – uh, the Colorado game. I was walking to it, see my buddy, just this past weekend, and I I saw Cody. I was like, "Hey, Cody!" And he's like, "Hey, man!" He's just walking by. I feel like he knows. I feel like he knows me, <laughs> just because I've yelled at him so many times. Uh, okay. Next question. Um, What's your take on our ranking at 13? couple of teams ahead of us that are head scratchers, Penn State and Kansas State. Is this a case of a bad ASU loss? Um, I, I think it's more. I think it's more than the ASU loss um, because, like, I'll just, for example, you know, FEI football outsiders. I said I think this is my favorite of the advanced metrics, which has us number 26. It's got Kansas State number eight, Penn State number nine. Um so now in terms of Sagarin, let's see here. You have um, Penn State's number five in Sagarin, and Kansas State is number 12. Kansas State's played the number four schedule, according to Sagarin. 
So they're eight and three, but you know, Texas has four losses, but they're number seven in Sagarin. Look, they've played the number three schedule. They almost beat Oklahoma. So when you lose to Oklahoma or Alabama, I'm sorry, when you lose to Alabama by three points, like you're a top 10 team when you do that. So, I mean, that's how these things work. So, and, and look, I, I was trying to calculate Sagarin. Even if we took out the ASU game, we're number 19. I don't think we would move up more than two or three spots. And the reason for that is, you know, we still lost UCLA, who's number 26. Um, and just look at a lot of our, uh, look at a lot of our wins. I mean, Cal is really bad. We only won by seven. Arizona is, you know, I don't think they're that bad, but uh, they are uh, number 62 here, and we beat them by, what, 10 or 11 points? So, um, and, and, you know, Stanford and Michigan State, you know, they came back, they scored points at the end. So we have not been, um, you know, we haven't been as dominant in a lot of those games as needed to be higher up in the rankings. I mean, USC's number 14. Wow, TCU's number 13. That's surprising. Um, but, you know, a lot of these teams are close together. But that that's just the reality. It's more than the ASU game. Next question. Awesome. Did you see the question about that? A salty next question? I did. <laughs> Level of adrenaline thus far in the season. Was that the game in Eugene? Adrenaline still hasn't subsided. Really, the Oregon State game final drive. This team changed after that. Does the dream get crushed in Pullman? I think that's a that's a really, really intriguing point. That yeah. the real the Oregon State game final drive, this team changed after that. Yeah. I mean phenomenal. Yeah, I mean we'll let you know in predictions. I mean, uh you know, we'll see. I mean the Pullman can always be a different thing, you know, the elements. Um, you know, we'll see. You never know. It's just one game. Um and yeah, it's, it's and these teams haven't played, I mean, since what, twenty nineteen? Which is odd. Or no, they played last year. But I mean I, I don't even I don't even think last year's game is really significant. There's a lot of new players. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. You know, I, the pl- the playing Sam Heward, they knew it wasn't going to work. They just wanted to get him some reps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- that to me, it's like these teams really haven't played since 2019. Well, I can say from the adrenaline standpoint, I mean, it's sure a fun season, and uh, you know, picking up that win against the Ducks obviously is a, a huge. <laughs> Boost to the season because you know it's been it's uh has been a pretty game uh matchup the last few years and uh yeah i mean feels good man i mean they're on a nice little run they i just love going in the colorado game not worrying about a loss and they go and they just you know stomp them out right you you and everyone brother yeah i mean you stomped them out and uh, you get to enjoy a game and no, they're going to kick their ass. So, ah, hey, it's fun. I mean, I, it's a great year so far. Yeah, and there's still a lot left to be had. There is, but, you know, the ASU game certainly stinks. I mean, you, you look at the season as a whole, I mean, it's an ugly loss. Yeah, but, I mean, to me, if you lose to Wazoo, I mean, then to me it's it, – look, to, bet, uh, the point I was trying to make – if you beat Wazoo, you, you, we're number 13 in the thing. So if you beat Wazoo, there's probably an 80% chance you're going to get into an NY6. 
beat Wazoo, get into an NY6, and then, you know, then the the the, the ASU loss to me at that point is I don't want to say it's irrelevant, but it just it, it's it, it means less to me at that point if you win this game. Yeah, get you. Next question. Uh, if the Cougs win, what is their path to victory? Uh, I think it's it's them basically getting it's a couple things. They'll get some turnovers. If you look at our losses, the the offense had bad games where they turned it over. They the offense was really bad in the second quarter in both those games. So the Cougs' path to victory is basically forcing turnovers, and you know they get ahead. You know we have a bad quarter. And, uh, you know, in in addition to that, I would say their path to victory is our guys just for whatever reason, they're just off and they, things just feel kind of weird and Pullman and that sort of thing. You know, we've seen that in a few apple cup. I mean, it's been a really long time. I would say the snowball apple cup, the one in 94, um, those are to me, those are some examples of that. Or it just it just feels yeah, off. Also, Ward, you know, extending third down plays with his legs. It's yes, drives. That's no, not gonna. You know, if we tackle poorly and uh, you know we're we're letting Ward convert third downs, uh, that concerns me. But yeah, yeah, turnovers. Obviously, if they live and die by the turnover, it's going to be super important that. Yeah, Pettis has been mostly good with that, you know, with the ball in that sense as well, too. Um, I, I think they're going to be up for the game. I, I think they're going to be prepared. Obviously, if there's an issue with health, um, that's also another concerning factor. Seems pretty savvy and shrewd to extend and raise Kalen DeBoer, yet still be middle of the pack salary room to pay assistance. Yeah, I mean, that's what I hope. And hopefully DeBoer... He's a smart guy. He's he he knows that you got to pay your assistance. Well, did did it mention he got a bump in pay for assistance? I don't think it mentioned that, but I I just think people are assuming. Well, no, I'm saying did it disclose to board? Did he is he getting more money? Yeah. Did did they disclose the amount? For him or for assistance? No, for him. For him. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think they disclosed it. Okay, I I didn't see it. So. Yeah, it, I think it's also scaled where you know it's he gets more after the third year, then a little bit more after that, more after that. Well, let's get the fan base back in there. Yeah. Definitely. Do you have any good Apple Cup and Pullman stories? Yeah. So two thousand two freshman year going to a wazoo frat party and uh yeah the friday before and obviously it's wsu so everybody's drunk some of them are coked out of their mind um and there was just a kid in my high school i think he actually might have went to preschool with him he was just he was already just hammered when i got there like almost hammered to the point of blacking out. I think there was like vomit in one of the toilets. And so me and some guys, we ended up sleeping like in the way upstairs of that frat. And I just remember sleeping with my glasses on, you know, just sleeping on a couch and 
just like <laughs> something I would never do now. But just, you know, it's like you're sleeping there on a couch and there's just like a row of dudes just kind of like sleeping. Oh, yeah. Line by line. I mean, that, that's you couldn't pay me money to have to do that today. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would not like. Yeah, I would not. You would have to pay me. To, to like repeat that night, you'd have to pay me a lot of money. Yeah, the the, the tolerance of poor sleeping arrangements uh, were were high back in the day. Now, not so much. Uh, yeah. My my, I guess one memory, I believe, was that that uh, overtime year because there was a stretch where I went to a lot. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't miss many games, even on the road, but. You know, there was this band for some of the older listeners that might have come to UW. They're called Left Hand Smoke. Uh, they were like this popular band among the frats. And everyone, they play at the show box occasionally. And there, there was some bar, popular bar in Pullman. You, you'd walk downstairs like an underground bar they were playing. Anyway, went to the show to watch a play, blah, blah, blah. We come upstairs. There's three of us, and uh, there's like a group of guys. And I have my husky coat on, and he just walks up to me. He rips my coat down, like off me, and uh, the guy's just wasted. And uh, you know, rips rips my jacket off, starts talking shit. And one of the guys I'm with, <laughs> who knows, he might be listening. Yeah, he gets. Uh, he can go from zero to a hundred real fast. So we start getting. Uh, pretty jolly with one another and it's starting to get a little out of control a little concerning because there's like seven of them and uh, i think there was some spitting on shoes and such and <laughs> yeah it's getting real testy and then a buddy actually a family friend buddy of mine just happens to walk up and he knows the guy who's in my face and ripped my jacket off and was like dude this is my buddy and uh you know de-escalates the situation because it was not looking good for a moment. So my buddy kind of saved our ass, so to speak. And it uh, turns out this guy who was Shafei he ends up you know, moving on in life and becomes a police officer. And this guy was like the most immature dude you could ever imagine. You know, his thing was like, I'm not, look, the, I didn't witness it. I heard these stories, but he's like the, the guy that would, you know, pull down his drawers and stick his butt on a window of a fast food restaurant. <laughs> yeah, they called it brown starring. Yeah, I mean, this guy was just... <laughs> I mean, this... Wait, so this guy's a police officer now? Yeah, he's a cop. Now. So he's... I knew him, like, over the years, like, you know, and um, that was fine. Like, I spent time with him before, you know, in the you know since that moment. But I haven't talked to him in years, and but yeah, he turned out to be a cop. Yeah. Well, a small, I mean, a small percentage of cops become cops because they like fucking with people. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. That's true. I mean, I respect police. It's a very difficult job, but yeah, there are a small percentage of them that like fucking with people and that's why they want to be cops. I don't know if that's like a great apple cup memory, but it's a memory I have. Oh, that's, that's, like... that's awesome. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, here's another one. Um, if you guys have seen beer shoes, I know some of the shout out to the beer shoes guys who are listening. I think it was the 2005 apple cup. 
there was a, uh, I don't know how this happened, but, uh, there was a, uh, you know, a cougar fan, a, a blonde girl, and I don't know what was going on, but she and some guys were like on top of porto potties. This was in the, you know, the, the E1, the Husky parking lot. And, you know, a lot of us guys were just like yelling at her to, you know, show us her tits basically. And that's what some guys were saying. And so she actually did like she, you know, oh. flat. <laughs> She actually flashed everyone. Wow. Yeah. I can have to say I, I that's never something that I've come across uh in all my years of the Apple Cup. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other of other good stories I'm like sure, that. I'm sure I made a lot of guys day that day. I can imagine. Yeah, there were yeah, there were no flip phones then, but a lot of people were out with the disposable cameras. Oh jeez. <laughs> they got it in the, the they got it in the <laughs> The photo albums of them. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can you? I'm sure that's, I got that's, plenty of other stories, but yeah, that's that's you know the fact that we have flip or not flip phones. Uh, we have camera phones now. That's sa- you know that saves all the people at you know Rite Aid or Bartel, all the places that used to develop photos. Nobody no longer can have shame from those people. That's right. <laughs> I wonder if they ever make like an extra copy when they're looking like, Oh yeah. The guy who's working on it. Like, yeah, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Isn't it in some movie where they say, now this is where we make an extra, like now if you see something interesting you want for yourself, this is where we make an extra copy. There is. It's a movie. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember what yeah. it is. Yeah. Somebody... John Cusack in it. I can't remember. I, no, it's uh no, no, no. It might've been parenthood. With Keanu Reeves, John Candy. You remember that? Was oh, Steve? yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great I movie, think. yeah. Well, because Keanu and the girlfriend, uh, you know, the, the single mom that's the screwed up kid who's played by Joaquin Phoenix. I, I, they go get, uh, it, I don't know if that's the movie, but there's there's that scene where they're taking pictures of each other and they go to the, oh, no, it's like her mom picks up the pictures. That's what it was. Yeah. Anyway, just a random old school movie nice but anyway what are you dubs yeah uh yeah sorry to awkwardly go the next question (laughs) jimmy's what's your go-to thanksgiving dessert i i did see that question you know i i love an apple pie i can always never go wrong with the pie uh what's that green jello dish with like the with the uh kind of has like the it's like a jello dish, but it has the green uh, like frosting on it. I can't remember the name, but I really enjoy that dish. It's like green jello. Someone out there will know what I mean. You know it's that classic <laughs> jello dish? You don't know it? Maybe, oh, oh it's sorry. mushroom top. I think it's got the – or not mushroom, but a uh, marshmallow top on it. <laughs> no idea, man. I'm sorry. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's good. It's a good one. But I, you know, I, I can't go wrong with the pie. Now, it's like an apple pie. A lot of people like a pump of but pumpkin pie, but I'm, you know, for me, it's an apple pie. <coughs> I'm sorry, guys, the crud's attacking me. Anyway. Uh, what are, what are UW's biggest off-season portal needs? Yeah, we'll talk about that in the next one. I mean, there's a lot of portal needs. Um, I'm not doubting Galen DeBoer, but if I remember correctly, everyone was pretty happy with Hopkins' extension at the time. Uh, uh, do, you the, 
I mean, that goes back to what I'm talking about, the importance of next year for really solidifying DeBoer. Uh, do you think the offense will be figured out like Hopkins' own defense here in a couple of years? Without a QB, we wouldn't have this many wins. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of master of the obvious, but I do no, I I think DeBoer and Grubb, like they're smart enough to adapt and figure things out. I mean, they, they've been coaching for a long time. Yeah, for you sure. Don't, and you don't you don't survive a long time by just being a one trick pony. Like you constantly have to adapt and evolve. No doubt. And uh, side note, Pete was in the house today talking to the team. Uh, today, so he was in the locker room. Uh, I think Pete has a pretty decent record against the Cougs. Yeah. Yeah. Any more questions or what? Yeah, there's one question. Can I get a salty next question from Jimmy? Yeah, next question. <laughs> no, 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 try better. Do, do better. They do better? Jeez, yeah. Next question. All right. That was kind of half-assed if you ask me. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> that's got to be like, next question. Next question. I got nothing in me, man. We we are we are burning the candle here at the, uh, what is that, at the, Bone birth of a burning pole ends of the yeah. Way. This is going to be a long one. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, you you got nothing left in you. Do you, do you have a prediction? Well, can can we hire Jimmy Lake as a consultant this week <laughs> for yeah. the for the prediction or for the football game? For the game for the Apple right. Cup. He's pretty good the defensive. Uh, Plus, he could talk shit after the game too. He's pretty good at that. He was good at the. He was good as a good shit talking assistant. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, he, he does have a good track record. But you know, that was the leech years too, right? What he called like, uh, basically called it an elementary offense. <laughs> uh, so maybe he wouldn't help. But you know, it's kind of interesting to have Peterson in this week for the game as well. Um, being that he has a good track record against the Cougs. I'm sure he had some some motivating words for the squad today. You know, the way we've been picking, the, the last two games I picked incorrectly was Oregon State and Oregon. I picked Washington to lose both those games. I, maybe I should pick him to lose so they'll win, but... I. I think they're going to win the game, and I think they're going to win the game because of the offense. And I think they're going to do just enough to pull it out. And I think, you know, the edge guys um, are going to be too much for Ward and their offense. So I I'm going to go I'm going to go with 34 34 27. Watched. <clears throat> nice. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to take the other side. I just think I, I don't like the yeah. news about a third of the team being sick. I just think that, um, you know, we're on a bit of a roll right now. I just think we're it's going to kind of be a different situation. You know, they do have a good defense, and you know, I'm a little worried about that. And uh, I'm a little worried about. Uh, their defense forcing um, 
uh, you know, a couple of mistakes. You know, we against Oregon State, we made one mistake, but that game was at home. Um, so we'll see. But I, yeah, I, I think it's just going to be tough. Um, and of course, you know, Washington's twelfth. Depending, on, I guess the polls you're looking at. I mean, it's like ripe for a Coug upset, right? Yeah, I mean, thirteenth. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, twelfth. I think in some poll, thirteenth in the CFB rankings. And so I think if we're twelve, well, yeah, I'll I'll go with Denny. I'll give my score prediction. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna say twenty-seven, twenty-four, uh, Cougs. Oh, well, it's certainly a you know very possible outcome. But yeah, I I think I think if we're in the top twelve, so if we obviously we have to win this game, like let's win this game, and then we can talk about all the scenarios, which I'll talk about anyway. But to me, you know, the Rose Bowl. So if USC they beat Notre Dame this week, and then they win the Pac-12 championship game, um. And and we beat Wazoo. If we're ranked ahead of Oregon, then the the, the Rose Bowl will probably pick us for that spot. Because they use they in every case they've picked the higher ranked team. So, Amazing. So yeah, I mean I, I don't know if there's a way where Oregon. I mean I guess if Oregon loses, does that mean Utah? Well, I think would Oregon's go? gonna lose Oregon State. Does that mean uh, the Bo Nix recover? Is he really recovered, or do you think it's one of those injuries where oh, it's really no, like he's going to be hampered? Yeah, but unfortunately, Oregon State. I mean, they're not they're not a real good passing team. They're terrible. But yeah, it's still going to be. I mean, that'll probably be a really close game. But hopefully, it's like two thousand where Oregon State wins knocking USC or knocking Oregon basically. Um why don't I don't know. Maybe they can still make the well you get my point. If Oregon State wins and all it plays out in our favor, maybe that win can help us get to the Rose Bowl, you know, backdoor our way in. That's for sure. Yeah, let's hope for Oregon State victory. Yeah, um that's what I'm really hoping inside, for. Uh, DeBoer got a million dollar raise. He's at four point two million, so he's getting Peterson money. Nice. Tops out at four point seven million in two thousand twenty-eight. Of course, that unless he gets another extension and raise. Yeah. Well. All right, dude. Yeah, I'm exhausted. But uh, great work. This was a lot of fun. Way too long, but uh, it was fun, brother. Yeah, if you're still on there, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in, putting up with us. Uh, let's hope it's a good weekend. You know, go Oregon State, go USC. That's who we should be rooting for, and go dogs. Go dogs.